Welcome to the Nourished and Nurturing Podcast, for two holistic-minded moms with a passion for real food and raising healthy, empowered children. We want to provide a safe and educational, judgment-free zone for supporting women as they journey into motherhood and discover the mom they were meant to be. I'm Marissa of Confidently Balanced. I'm a former speech-language pathologist turned nutritional therapy practitioner and have a passion for all things health, wellness, and mindset. I'm also a mama to a little guy with a big personality. And I'm Michelle. I'm a nutritional therapy practitioner student. I have a degree in Thai massage and a master's in business analytics. I'm a mama to a little one and have another one on the way. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or qualified health provider with any questions you have regarding a medical concern. Hello. Hi, friend. Good morning. Good morning again. Look at us. Two mornings this week. <laughs> two two early ones in a row. <laughs> We're doing it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm totally. Stuttering. I'm excited for today just to kind of catch up because I know we've been chatting a little bit, but haven't really shared. I know. Yeah. Some things I haven't been able to keep in and I'm just excited, but <laughs> other than that, we can, we can actually sit down and talk through things like yeah. pregnancy and mold and all the, all the things, but God, the mold does not sound exciting, but I have some things to I say about it's exciting it. <laughs> yeah. because it's going in the right direction. Yeah. Thank um, goodness. But yeah, and and just in general about the podcast, I've I'm so excited. It's been this is what episode. 19. I'm usually the one who knows this. Nineteen. Nineteen. <laughs> um, and yeah, I'm just really loving it. I am. <laughs> and we've too. had a lot of new listeners, and I'm getting more feedback from people, and it's just it's so much fun. It is. And we have some really exciting guests coming up. I'm like giddy over some of these guests. Yeah, I All think it guys. was like, like we wanted to make sure our podcast was real and like, and now we're reaching out to people and it's like, oh my God, you want to come on our podcast? <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, so excited. Um, and if you guys are loving the podcast, I know there's, I know there's people listening. Um, we would love it if you gave us a review or shared or reached out and told us anything you're looking to, for us to cover. Um, some of what we have planned coming up is going to branch out a little bit outside of the just new, mom, new moms topics and be general women's health, like thyroid health, mental health. Um, but if there's anything you wanted to see from us, we would love to hear that from you. So, yeah. And when you do that, it just helps bump our podcast up. So more people have this information and more people see us and what we have to share. And we just love you and appreciate it so much. <laughs> Yes. Yes. And with the questions, you can always send it to nourished and nurturing at gmail.com and we will see it and we will get it in the schedule. So yeah. Well, so excited to be here. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Do you want to start with your updates? Yeah, mostly, you know, you guys have just all been kind of going along with my pregnancy. I remember the first episode we recorded, I'm like, well, I'm not saying I'm pregnant yet because then I don't, you know, you know, the whole, like, I don't want to on the air <laughs> say I'm not pregnant. So, uh, you, we started this right along when I found out I got pregnant. I, I think our first conversation, I was like, literally just like four or five weeks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You kind of dropped that so. at the end of the conversation. Oh, by the way, 
<laughs> don't say anything. <laughs> yeah. Not that we know any of the same people other right. than Laura, <laughs> but, um, so yeah, I was just going to give some third trimester updates. I know I talked to everybody. This was probably, oh yeah. Cause it was my 20 week ultrasound where they said the placenta was a little bit low and I was doing some research after that and apparently 90% of the time it just resolves itself and the uterus grows and your placenta just moves up with it as your, as your uterus is getting bigger. So, but this was new to me because I didn't have that with Connor. So I only had one ultrasound with that pregnancy. So I'm just talking to my midwife. She said, Oh, you need to get another ultrasound between 28 and 32 weeks. And she said, maybe wait towards the end of that range. Um, just because at 28 weeks, it could be still a little bit low. And then it's just like, oh, you need another ultrasound to confirm. <laughs> so she's like, if you wait till the end of that range, we'll, we'll probably know for sure. And that'll be your last ultrasound you have to get. Um, so she knows I like to avoid all of the, <laughs> all of the things if I can. Even appointments with her. Um, it was, it was, I wanted to know because it was like the consequences of placenta privia. If the placenta is low, it could be bed rest. It could be, uh, and there's a lot of like risk of bleeding. So that was something I was very aware of, like making sure, um, I wasn't trying to, I I just didn't want to bleed or like cause any issues. So uh, I'm not a super... I don't, I like, I feel like I can't say I'm not an anxious person because I kind of am, but I'm not somebody who worries about things that are statistically improbable. If that makes sense. I wish I could be like that. (laughs) Like I worry about things that are happening that I don't need to be worrying about. Like just like the constant thinking and, um, but yeah, when it's like, oh, there's a, there's a, 3% 3% chance or one in a thousand chance. I'm just like, Oh, okay. I'll deal with that if it happens. But, um, so yeah, I wasn't super worried, like thinking I had it. So, so that was, you know, good, but, um, it was, I, yeah, I wanted to avoid the extra ultrasound. And also I'm doing this like retreat. We talked about the retreat I did in, uh, whatever month that was (laughs) out in LA and I'm going to do the next one in three weeks from now. So I'm really excited about that, but I was waiting to book anything until again, knowing that I wasn't going to be on bed rest and that I was safe to travel at 35 and a half weeks pregnant. (laughs) So, um, so yeah. And that was kind of what I had the ultrasound on Friday at 31 and a half weeks. And it was, it was kind of magical and it was cool because the guy came to my home and this is, this is just one of those crazy things where that was cheaper than me having to go to the hospital to get it. Like, (laughs) um, sitting in a waiting room, driving there, like all that, like, uh, he just set up and looked at it and I'm like, I wish I did that with the first ultrasound. I was way more comfortable, saved money. (laughs) Um, but I try to do the right thing and go in network through my insurance and it just never seems to help me. But anyway, so Scott was there, he was just kind of like getting ready for work and I'm like, come over and see the baby. And 
um, there was just this one shot where he was checking the placenta of the baby was head down. Like you could see the position in my pelvis and you saw the placenta on the side and the baby just kind of tucked in there. And I'm just like, Oh my God, this, this baby's ready. Like, (laughs) cause, um, you know, at the 20 week ultrasound, they're just kind of like sideways and floating around. And, um, so it was kind of magical to see. And for me, it was like, yeah, this is, I don't know. It's, it's coming. (laughs) It is. It's so exciting. So yeah, I know you 32 had some weeks today. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, I know when you were here, you were talking about worrying that the baby wasn't going to be head down. So that yeah. would have been a huge relief to see it and just know. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, again, it's not like a worry. I just like, if there are things I can control, I want to do everything in my power to like, I need to walk more. I need to do all the yoga and like, make sure, you know, all the spinning baby cool. stuff, which I really, I haven't done once. Um, I've opened the video. <laughs> for something yeah um I mean I I watched it a little bit and and I've been more aware of my positioning like just trying to sit forward let the belly hang out but yeah I haven't I haven't done the whole routine but but yeah baby's head down and we're getting ready over here Connor's watching Daniel Tiger become a big brother (laughs) Um, and we'll probably get ready to just set up the stuff and I said six weeks before my due date we could start putting things up it's it's just we really don't have a lot of room because we're in a two-bedroom and but it'll it'll be good and I think like seeing the Daniel Tigers episode where Connor was um helping set up the baby's room and that was helping him adjust like I think that'll be good for him too so so exciting it, it is so exciting um it's sometimes I can't believe we're doing all this again because you know our kids are our kids are kind of a lot more self sufficient at mm-hmm. twenty seven months. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, but it'll be it'll be great. It's probably just like riding a bike. I I'm hoping it is. <laughs> it it just feels cool. like a lot, and um, I did start therapy last week. And I mentioned this, that this was something my midwife wanted me to do with my first pregnancy in case I had postpartum depression. Like she didn't know me as well then because I switched at 32 weeks and that was like on my list right away is go find a therapist. And, (laughs) um, but this time I took it upon myself, like, oh, I think that's probably still a good idea. There's some of the stuff around the breastfeeding postpartum. I... (laughs) think it would be good to have somebody to talk to if I feel like I'm being kind of crazy about something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so I've talked to Scott and I just, I want him to be able to call me out too, but maybe in a safe space, because if he, if it's in the middle of me, like I just finished pumping and I'm crying cause I didn't get enough milk. Like that's not the time to be like, you're obsessing about this too much. Right. Right. <laughs> so I, I just, I'm kind of just trying to prepare for that postpartum period um, and trying to set myself up as well as I can. So um, some of the things I wish I did with my first pregnancy is just setting up that care and making sure I make time for it. So the things that I can do in my home, like get a massage therapist or a lactation consultant or um, 
I don't know. Just, I I mean, this is how I do self-care. I do a lot of like acupuncture and like making sure, but it, it helps you to, you're talking about what's going on. You're getting somebody's perspective. And, um, if there's a real problem, they're usually going to see it. And Mm -hmm. I just felt kind of too overwhelmed to leave my house with Connor really early. So we'll see. I, (laughs) Uh, I want to make sure I'm making time for these things. But I do remember going to the chiropractor at like five weeks postpartum maybe. And it was really easy to just bring him. He slept the whole time. And um, so if I go to therapy, I can bring my baby, I'm sure. um, Make it work for sure. Yeah. So I'm excited. Like just, um, it it also kind of feels like, yeah, I'm going back into this dark hole of four (laughs) months where... (laughs) Yeah, I, you know, I have no idea what's going on, but I'm trying to prepare (laughs) for it. I think that's great. You don't really know what you're getting into with your first and then can be a little bit of a slap in the face, but just having those supports, that's something I wish I would have done. So yeah, that's incredible. Well, and I'm excited. That's something, um, we have a guest lined up that wants to talk, talk about the postpartum mindset and, I'm super pumped and I want to get that in now because I'm like, if there's, if there's more I can be <laughs> preparing, <Absolutely. laughs> I am happy to do that. So, <laughs> um, yeah. And then I did get some new blood work. I think it was taken at my 28 week appointment. And then I just found out at my 30 week appointment. Um, so I, I asked for additional blood work from what they do just because I want to see nutritionally where I'm at. Um, So they tested iron, uh, vitamin D, B12, thyroid. I think thyroid is just so important to keep getting tested during pregnancy and postpartum. And uh, even if you've never had autoimmune thyroid, it can show up postpartum, which uh, is crazy. So, (laughs) uh, and my midwife will do that at my six week appointment. And it's nice that you know, you're there anyway. So you have somebody to take your blood. A lot of times it's a lot to go to a doctor's appointment, especially to, I want to get blood work, but, um, so I might still get some more in this pregnancy, but what I found out was my T3. So that's the, the downstream thyroid hormone is low. And that's where you often get symptoms of, low thyroid is when this T3 is low. So kind of sluggishness, uh, tired, cold, low metabolism. Um, So this is the lowest I've ever seen that number. Um, But I guess it's also kind of the T4 to T3 conversion does slow in pregnancy. So it's not super abnormal, but something I want to support. So I... I started your method of the frozen Brazil nuts yes. <laughs> um, and then some, so iodine and selenium are both minerals that support the thyroid. Um, general things that support T3 are reducing stress and increasing movement. So <laughs> I am trying to make an effort in those things. I don't think I'm going to, hugely move the dial on my T3 number in the last couple months of pregnancy. But now that I'm aware of it, it's just making me extra like, okay, I'm glad I'm working from home. I'm glad I'm trying to step back from some things um, and just support myself the best I can. So 
And so my vitamin D that was a little, that was low when I got it tested in my first trimester, it was at 32. Now it's at 44, which according to everything I'm looking at, it seems about perfect. Um, so I'm going to keep supplementing because I want to, I want to have plenty, have it in my breast milk, but, um, I'm happy about that. So I, I've been supplementing since I got that reading back then. And, uh, Lots of salmon roe. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and then, yeah, and then everything else was, uh, oh, my iron was low as well. And that was something I wanted to talk about because we both really like the Seeking Health prenatal, mm-hmm. but it does not have iron in it. Um, a lot of prenatals will have 25 milligrams of iron in the prenatal, um, which can cause some morning sickness or nausea or constipation if you're, if you don't need that iron. So I kind of liked that this Seeking Health didn't have iron and you could add your own or or monitor that separately. But it also meant that I went most of my pregnancy without supplementing iron. And when I did supplement iron in the first trimester like that's when you're building the placenta you're increasing your blood volume a lot and you need iron it was pretty low it was like five milligrams a day that I was adding and I think the powder that I take has five milligrams in it but it's still just I mean all this to say um my iron was not that low but it was it was low um so that's just something to be aware of and especially if you're not I still like that better than just blindly supplementing a ton. Like I keep getting your monitors tested and see or your levels tested and see where you're at. So, yeah. Um, but again, not super uncommon in the third trimester. <laughs> um, so that's just something like, yeah, craving chewing ice is something that's a big thing you hear from pregnant women, but that usually signals low iron. And that's something I've really started aggressively supplementing with iron. And I still have this like chewing a bunch of ice cubes. I'm like, Oh, it's probably not better, but um, (laughs) I might get that tested again at like 36 weeks just to see, see where it's at. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) I, it, it almost kind of made me feel like the last month, I just feel like I've been kind of dragging and that blood work again, even though it wasn't that bad, they're both things that make you tired. And it made me feel kind of justified. Like, Oh yeah. Um, like, yeah, you know what? I, I've rested and I needed it. And, but I'm glad I have this information now because I think I'm already feeling a little bit better from, from some of that support. Good. Um, so one other thing I was just going to mention because we had our pelvic floor episode air a couple weeks ago. I've, I had mentioned I'd had quite a bit of incontinence with this pregnancy and something I noticed, like, um, I've been working from home the last three ish weeks and that's allowed me to go to the gym. So I drop my son off, I go to the gym and then I go home and work. And that's been wonderful because I haven't been working out a lot this pregnancy. I have noticed that that incontinence has improved a ton. 
Like, Good. and that's something that Brittany mentioned in the episode was I, I asked her like, well, what exercises work the pelvic floor? And she's like, well, everything. <laughs> um, and it's just one of those things that I haven't specifically seen the physical therapist yet. Although I, I do plan on doing that <laughs> soon. Um, it's, it's still improved quite a bit and it's like, okay, moving, trying to work what you can, being safe, being aware of that bulging. So like that football looking thing in the middle of your abdomen, when you're pregnant, you don't want to be doing core exercises that, that bulge like that. You kind of have to learn how to tighten internally. So the muscles that are deeper down so that that's where that's where that exercise is going, not on the the abs that are in the front. Um, so yeah, I started working with a personal trainer, and I'm not doing any quote unquote core work unless it's with her. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so yeah, I think I think everything's been it's been moving along, and mm. yeah, so. Um, there's just a lot, yeah, there's a lot to process in pregnancy, but I'm just like super into this baby now. <laughs> <laughs> Thank goodness. Well, all the kicks and the, I don't know. It's just, it's a really special time. I loved being pregnant. Yeah. I really did. Minus, you know, the broken foot situation. But The what? The broken foot situation. Oh. Everything else was great. <laughs> well, that wasn't the pregnancy's fault. <laughs> not that I blame him or anything but (laughs) but I might be holding a few grudges (laughs) (laughs) all right well yeah I'm excited to hear your updates too okay so I'm going to start with my son we transitioned him a week and a half or so ago to a big boy bed. And it was completely unplanned. I was on Wayfair, just looking for a bookshelf. That's all I wanted, just a bookshelf. (laughs) And somehow I saw these beds, pretty good beds for way on sale. And he saw a picture and he was saying, big boy bed, big boy bed. So then all of a sudden I'm ordering this big boy bed. All of a sudden I've spent 10 grand and I can't fit all this furniture in my house. Oh my gosh, it was crazy. (laughs) It was, it was such a good deal though. I got the frame and it was a good frame, like pretty non-toxic for about 140 and a really nice mattress for cheap too. So, I mean, it was a good deal, but, and of course the first night was magical. He just, and we got one of those things that you kind of like a netting mesh thing that you put on the side because he's, he sleeps like a maniac. He's everywhere. But, um, the first night was great. And every other night since, <laughs> you know, the honeymoon period for a couple nights, he was up between like three 30 and five, just wanting a snack and wanting a book read and just all the things. So it was an adjustment, but he's uh, pretty much not napping anymore, which is great for me. Just awesome. Wow. So, but he's been pretty good about staying. We put one of those things on his um, doorknob and I don't know what they're called, but it's one of those like spinny things. So they can't really get a grip on it. Oh, you've seen those. I, you know, I know what you're talking about and I need one immediately. Yeah. Yeah. Get at least one. They're great. So he's not busting out of his room, but he, you know, he has the freedom to get down and play and that's his choice. And there's been a couple of times where I found him asleep in his chair 
or asleep in the middle of the floor. So he's figuring it out. But man, those nights where he was up at, it was like clockwork, 3.30 to 5. Just having some major flashbacks to newborn days and just... Like, oh my gosh, can we ever do this again? Because I'm tired. Not the good kind of flashbacks either. The good guy. The cute baby, like. No, just, oh my God. Can I I sleep ever? But um, it's kind of cool. It's just, it's crazy to think that he's at this point and he looks so small in this. It's just a twin, but he, you know, it's crazy. Um, but he loves it. He's so excited. He says, it's the most comfortable bed I've ever had. Oh. <laughs> yeah, he likes, he likes to be the big boy. So it's, it's fun. I had grand plans to start potty training when we got back from Christmas and everything. Cause my husband and I were both still home and this transition was enough. <laughs> so we're going to give that a couple more weeks, but, um, yeah, he loves it. So that's been one thing. I also wanted to talk about the mold situation. And I know I haven't gone into an extreme amount of detail about that on here. Um, Like kind of like how we found it and all of that. Um, But long story long, I took a urine test. I think it was at the end of August or very early in September because I had been experiencing symptoms since we bought this place and, and pretty extreme ones too. And no one could really tell me why. So um, just me being a part of the nutritional therapy community that I am. And I'm so grateful for that because I'm not sure without that, I would have had any answers at all. Um, kind of started piecing things together and took this urine test and found out that I was really, really, really high in four kinds of toxic mold. So of course mold is everywhere and you can't avoid it, but not all mold produces mycotoxins. And that's what this test specifically looked at. Um, was I think, I don't know, 12 or 13 of the most toxic molds. So, and I had four of them and that really freaked me out, but it also gave me a pretty concrete answer of, um, what was going on. Can you talk about like, cause I don't know a ton about mold yeah. and it, you know, freaks me out a little bit when you say this, like say these things, cause I'm like, Oh, should I get checked? And, but what is a, a mycotoxin? So a mycotoxin is a, it's, basically the toxic spores from a certain type of mold. And um, I'm trying to think. Of so the there can before. be non-harmful mold, like, yeah. like red mold or something, yeah. where if you breathe it, it's not. Yeah. It's not going to emit you. these toxins in your body. So specifically the ones that I had, one of them was really, there's a strong correlation to miscarriage and all of mm. that. So, and we were trying for a baby at the time. And when I saw that, you know, of course, you know, pump the brakes on that. And that was pretty devastating, um, but not in the long run, you know? So, so yeah, when this gets in your body, um, mold is, it's like Lyme disease, it, it hides. So you can be experiencing all kinds of these of symptoms, like mine specifically when we moved in. And I don't know if I've said this out loud before, but it's going to sound insane. It felt like my house was haunted and I live next to a cemetery. So, and we've talked about the ghost thing because I'm a psycho, (laughs) but, um, I've talked to probably four or five other people that have had toxic mold exposure. And they said the same thing. It's just like this, like overwhelming presence. So that made me feel significantly less crazy. And then last fall, I was having a bunch of like heart it seemed like heart related symptoms where like I was really dizzy as soon as I stood up and I was, you know, hydrating, I was eating all the foods, doing everything that I thought was right. But, um, parts of my face would go numb. My heart would just start racing. It was almost like a panic attack, but it wouldn't stop no matter what I did. And I was in a heart monitor for a month in and out of the ER. I mean, it was extreme. It really was extreme. So, um, 
that was that. And then I took the test the following year. I think it was, a, it was almost a year later because I think when we had found mold in the house and I think I knew, but I didn't really want to know, you know, how bad it was. Um, anyway, three of the molds were like off the charts high, like the high end of the range was 80 and I was almost 300. It was like two, like the high two hundreds for the mold of my body. And these tests are good. I mean, they show that your body is detoxing, right? It's you're excreting this through your urine. It's doing what it's supposed to do. Um, but it's still a little alarming to see numbers that high. Yeah. So I just retested. It was like mid December. I just got my results three or four days ago and the molds out of the four that I was really high in one that was the highest is completely gone. Um, the other two of them are completely gone. Actually one was cut in half and the other one went down by like four points. I don't know four whatever. Um, but there's a new mold. (laughs) That showed up that's still in like the moderately, it's in the high range, but it's not off the charts high. And I really think that's just because um, when I first took this test, I wasn't doing any type of support. I wasn't really actively trying to pull this mold out of my body, bind it up, get rid of it. Um, And I think that my detoxification pathways were just impaired and it was there, but it wasn't showing up on this test. So since I've been, I've been supporting my body in all the ways that I can realistically, and um, just really kind of walking through a protocol, even though I haven't been as consistent as I wanted to be, it's, it's, you know, I'm really happy with these results. So I'm not as worried about it. I don't know if it's possible to get a perfect zero, you know, but I, f- I feel good about it. I know we've taken care of all the mold that we could have in our house and I'm just trying not to freak myself out about it. <laughs> and a big part of um, healing for me was actually believing that it's gone and believing that I am healing. And I've been going to yoga a lot lately. And this is something that I've wanted to do for years. And I just, I can't just do videos at my house. I just, I need to get out and join a studio and do it. And that's been really awesome for me. Just the whole mindfulness piece. I feel like I've been really introspective the past few months and I don't know, it's, it's related, but it's not, but it's been really helpful for me for this uh, whole healing journey. So so when you have certain types of mold show up, does that mean anything? If they're like, oh, it's this type of mold, look for this, or like, um, yes, I'm just curious. No. Yeah. So we had, there's no perfect test for mold. We had done a couple, um, I think a dust test on our house and they did of course air samples. So that could kind of help you see what kind of mold is in your home and, and what, symptoms you might be experiencing, if that makes sense. Yeah. And um, what's interesting was the type of mold that I was the highest in was nowhere in our home. So I really think that was an old exposure. I lived in an apartment for four years in Buffalo. And I think, I mean, I know we had water damage in that apartment. So I think maybe, and of course, I'll never have a definitive answer that postpartum, I had a really horrible, horrible, horrible time with anxiety. And just, I mean, every, it was unexplainably bad for me. Um, but I'm, I'm wondering if I weren't exposed to mold for that long and that just kind of like brought everything to a head because your body does all kinds of crazy things postpartum. And, um, yeah, I think that that was just in my body from, from living in Buffalo. And yeah, when I, when I got here, you know, my body was detoxing cause I was, I wasn't as stressed out. I wasn't as, you know, doing all the things I wasn't going to work. I wasn't going to school. I wasn't so it had time to kind of reset almost. And then 
the new exposure kind of was the tip of the iceberg. I don't know if that makes any sense. And again, I'm not an expert. I'm just kind of grasping at straws here, but. Why are you trying to make sense of it? Yeah. Can you talk about like kind of the whole process? Cause it's really fascinating to me. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't think I have mold in my house, but I think it's something that, I mean, we've caused leaks in our kitchen that have gone down to the basement, like just like leaving the faucet on the counter that's leaked down. And um, so Scott tells me he like, oh, I went up and and we had leaks in our bedroom as well from the roof. Like there were issues with the roof. And Scott tells me like, oh, I've been up in the attic and I looked for mold and there was nothing. And I had three so, different mediators be in my attic and tell me that. And I had mold covering my entire attic. So. Yeah. So I'm just like... Cause I didn't, I don't think you've ever mentioned the air samples to me. Like, could you talk about the whole process of like, like getting it checked out, I guess? Yeah. So typically when you see mold in your home, that is the tip of the iceberg. There's a big problem when you see it. Cause most of the time it's hidden because mold likes dark, mold likes damp, mold doesn't want to be found. <laughs> it just wants to ruin your life. So when we moved into our home, This was, okay, we moved it in August and it was, I think, March where I had always suspected mold. In in January of 2019, I did the dust test and I don't know what it was. I remember asking my doctor when I had all these symptoms, if it could be mold. And of course he said, no, 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 mold would never do that. Whatever, whatever, completely brushed me off, which I get it. You know, you don't know what you don't know. So the dust test came back high for one kind of mold, but it wasn't so high as, um, like to move out of your home immediately, right? So the dust test takes dust from a room or two, whatever you want in your house, you send it away. It's called an, an ERMI, E-R-M-I, or there's one called the H-E-R-T-S-M-I, hurts me, hurts, whatever test. And that's what we did. It was just less expensive. Um, so that was good information. And then we saw mold on our wall, just these little dots of mold on our kitchen wall and the previous owners, long story there, they were horrible, but they painted over just the mold spots, right? Like the wall was white, but you could see just an off-white cream color type of paint just where the mold was. So I think it just kind of started showing through more when we noticed it. Yeah, it's horrible. It's horrible. And we talked to lawyers the whole thing and it was just a nightmare. But um, so that kind of alerted me, obviously, <laughs> to the problem. We had someone come out and just say, cause I was freaked out if it, I wanted to know if it was behind the drywall. Cause it was kind of, it's against the bathroom and I wasn't sure. No one, no one could tell me why basically a bunch of different remediators, a bunch of different, like home, we had another home inspector come out. No one knew why it was there. And the woman that lived here before us was older and she kept the house like a solid 80 degrees at all times. So it was always warm and probably damp <laughs> in here, but, um, I, I was not satisfied with that. And I kept digging kept going through people. Most of them thought I was insane. Some of them, I knew, I knew more about them, more about mold than they did. So I was like, okay, goodbye. But, um, it was just kind of this whole really frustrating unraveling thing. So we saw that it ended up being through our, we have central air. So, and that's a really common place to find mold and it was all through the ducts. So we had to get that cleaned out obviously. And then it ended up that our shower vent was, or our shower fan was just venting right into our attic and all that moisture just got stuck in the attic and it was just filled. It was filled with mold. So we had that remediated too, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's a little scary. So if you have a leak, typically if it's not, if you're not like 
venting it out, fanning it out, drying it out within 24 to 48 hours, there's probably going to be a mold problem. Um, it's, it takes a lot of investigative work and it's really frustrating. And it's something that I don't know, I'm grateful for it, but it was the hardest period. <laughs> um, so the dust test is something you collect yourself. Yeah, you collect it. Um, there's a company that I used and I can't remember Mycometrics maybe, and you just send it away and they will send you this report back with different kinds of mold and whatever kind of spores, because uh, here's the thing, why there's no one perfect mold test. So we had a bunch of air samples done, even in the attic, and they all came back completely fine. But the thing about toxic mold is, so mold is always emitting spores and there's like billions that can fit just on the tip of a pin, billions. And toxic mold tends to be heavier. So Mm. whenever you're doing an air sample, you're not really, you're probably not really getting spores, right? Because they compare the outside air to the inside air. And if the inside air is higher than the outside air, you, you have a mold problem. Um, but a, a lot of times the air samples, I mean, I know a girl who was, her whole bedroom was mold that you couldn't see. She had to rip down the drywall. Um, and her, all of her air samples were like beautiful. So it's really frustrating. So that's why the dust, sam- dust testing can be a little bit more of a clear picture, um, for mycotoxin producing molds, especially, but yeah, it's it's a lot. <laughs> and how much is that like to get a dust test? Um, the Ermi looks at more types of molds and it was like maybe $500. I can't remember. And the one that I did was just like maybe almost two, one fifty two. Okay. So it just made sense for us at the time because it looks at the scariest types of mold. Um, of course, like black mold is the one that most people associate with toxic mold. And that is the worst one. And that could cause okay. terrible symptoms. But um, yeah, the other ones are pretty bad too. So like links, I don't want to, never mind. I won't go into it. <laughs> but It's just scary. It really, really freaked me out. Um, well, yeah, I'm just kind of curious of the, if there's somebody who like might have a little bit of a suspicion, like what would you recommend? Uh, so it sounds like you wouldn't recommend the air sampling. I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. And you could, you could do the plates, you know, the little, uh, the plates with like the auger or something like that. But what I was told was if you say you go to Home Depot and you buy those, you don't know how long they've been sitting on the shelf and what they've been exposed to. What is that? Um, there's these little, it's like a Petri dish almost that you can set out in your home, like in whatever room you want and leave it out for, I can't remember a few hours a day and then close it up, make it dark. And it shows you if mold grows. And we did that. And it, it was whenever the, the air was running and I, it was bad. There was so much mold in our kitchen, um, in the attic. Those were the two highest, um, places, which you put the Petri dishes like all around the house. Yeah. Yeah. And wait, why were you saying that wasn't good? Well, it depends. Like I did it whenever we had the air moving and we had a problem in our air ducts. So that kind of helped me see, I placed it like right under where the air was moving. It's good. It's, it's good. But if you buy it from Home Depot, it might not give you the most accurate results just because it's been probably sitting out for a long time and could have been exposed to, you know, mold in that environment. Because mold is okay. so small and tricky. It's, and there's no one perfect test. So maybe like what I, I obviously did a variety and I felt good about that. But I think for toxic mold, especially I, the dust test is what I would recommend the most. Okay. The Ermi yeah, because that seems really doable versus like, I don't know, if my husband tells me I don't have mold, I'm probably not going to call somebody out here to go check everything and 
because um, I, I know uh, from what you told me is that it took, I think, three different people. And the third yep. one was the one that finally yep. um, yeah, found it. So it's like you can't even trust an expert coming out there. And it's, I'm assuming it's not cheap. No, it's not. <laughs> it's definitely not. And we were lucky... I guess. I mean, this guy ended up trying to swindle us out of a bunch of money and he was a terrible person. But the first guy that came out and fixed our wall, we didn't have to pay for because, I mean, we had to pay for the wall, but him, like the visit and everything, because it was, we were basically taken advantage of with the, you know, painting over situation. So I've learned okay. a lot from this home ownership experience. <laughs> yeah. No, but I think that's helpful for just people out there. Like, yeah, and I don't want what's anyone the to first freak thing out. to do. Yeah, yeah, I guess that's different because I'm, I don't, I'm not going to freak out, but I'm like, maybe I would get a dust test. Like, yeah, yeah, what can I it mean, hurt? Yeah, if you have suspicion, and I know people who are living in visible mold, and and not everyone experiences symptoms like I did. I there's what they estimate as twenty to twenty five percent of the population has a hard time detoxing mold, and some people, you know, they just have this genetic mutation where you just can't, and it just builds up in your body. So. Um, okay. Most people won't. There's your number. <laughs> yeah. 75%. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but what, and how much did that your urine tests cost? Um, I went through a company called Great Plains Laboratory, which is the only one I would recommend at this Great time. Plains. Great Plains. Yeah, Great okay. Plains Laboratory. And it was just under $300. So it's not cheap, but. Yeah. It was so worth it for me. I would, I would do it all again. Um, but yeah, just because just, I was just thinking so sick. for myself, like I said, I did have, we did have a leak, a leak in our bedroom from the attic. You can see a wet spot on the ceiling. Like there's dust on the baseboards right below that. Maybe I just swab it up. Know. Yeah. Right. It seems like kit. the most reasonable mm-hmm. solution. So Yeah. Yeah, if you look, it's things you want to look for are like the wet spots, bubbling of your floor or your wall. Um, some people take a flashlight to like the corners of their homes. And if you see, you know, that helps you kind of illuminate things. There's a ton of things. And again, I'm not an expert, but um, I feel like one sometimes. <laughs> well, and for me, know. this is crazy, but like getting this dust t- kit seems easier than like going into my attic. I've never been up there. <laughs> oh, don't do it. Attics are terrible. <laughs> Just get the dust. <laughs> I don't think we have much up there, but I, again, I've never been up there. Yeah. So yeah, it's a lot, but yeah, the anxiety around that for a long time was real. I mean, I go into buildings now and I just find mold. Oh, <laughs> it's wow. exhausting, but I'm hoping with time that'll kind of decrease because you can't avoid it. And I know that logically, but you also, if you're, if you know you're living in it, please fix it. Yeah. (laughs) So, and what did you do? Did you do a specific protocol for the detox? I did. There's this woman, her name is Dr. Jess. She has a protocol. It's called Killbind sweat. So because mold likes to hide, you basically want to take this. What I did, it's, um, it's called biocidin. It's an herbal killer basically. And that pulls the mold out of your body, kills it. And then you take a binder, something like activated charcoal or bentonite clay. And there's one that I took that I love. And that just like helps pull it out of your body. And then if you sweat either through working out, detox baths, hot yoga, infrared saunas, infrared saunas are amazing. That helps because some of the mold is, it gets out of you through your pores. So you just kind of like sweat it out and 
I did that for a few months and it was so, again, not consistently so helpful. Yeah. I will say don't like for everyone out there, if you think you have mold exposure, don't just go doing things because it, it knocks you down. <laughs> like there were a couple of days where it just felt like I had the flu because all this is getting pulled out of me, you know? So talk and we talked about this in our detox episode, yeah. how your, your symptoms are actually better, even if the mold is higher, but it's like laying dormant in your fat cells safely yes. tucked away. <laughs> yeah. That's what it wants. So, but then also, you know, if you're going to, if you're, thinking about doing this mold detox, I would go back and listen to our detox totally. talk because it's like making sure digestions in check. Like, cause I know you had some of that too. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So. I, I was alternating killing binding with healing my gut and, you know, re-inoculating it and everything. So that's yeah. the long and short of that. <laughs> no, I think it's really interesting. Like, I, I don't know. I, I do feel like maybe I might as well just get a dust test to yeah. confirm that. So. Yeah, I can send you the link to the people that I used. But... Yeah, we'll post the link on mm-hmm. um, on our show notes. Yeah, yeah. So that's all I had. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that was good. So, well, it was wonderful talking to you. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Yes. And I think we're back with a guest next week. So exciting. Yeah. All right. Bye. Bye. Email us your questions at nourishedandnurturing at gmail.com and find us on Instagram at nourishedandnurturing. You can find more from me, Marissa, at confidentlybalanced.com. And you can find more from me, Michelle, on Instagram at Michelle Taggy. Please subscribe, rate, and review our podcast if you liked what you heard and share it with a friend. We look forward to talking to you next week.